0: I'm thankful to be in good health physically and mentally, especially after some of the things that I've been through at the time. It's literally the foundation that holds me up. From being bullied, from my times back in the day, around five years old until middle school, I got jumped twice on two separate occasions. My grandfather passed away when I was 10. At one point in 10th grade, I was failing all six of my classes. One of my childhood best friends, who actually taught me to believe in myself, passed away in a motorcycle accident when I was 16. My father died when I was 17. I was wrongfully arrested for possession of marijuana at 18. And due to lack of evidence, charges were later dropped. My uncle passed away when I was 19. When I was 21, I was robbed at gunpoint. When I was 22, another one of my childhood friends, who I actually got arrested with on that uh, marijuana charge, was shot and killed. And when I was 25, I was in a near fatal accident where I punctured my lung, lacerated seven of my organs, my chest cavity filled up with blood and air, causing my heart to shift to the center of my chest, and I tore my aorta. Less than a year later, my wife suffered a traumatic experience with when she had an asthma attack that was so severe, she had to be intubated for six days. Because of these experiences, I'm capable of holding myself and handling myself in almost any situation. After all of that, I stand here before you to give you a look through my eyes. I personally see life as a movie about a war. Every day is a battle to survive. There's a very thin line between life and death. I've learned to love life to the fullest and to avoid living in regret. I learned to go with the gut feeling because you'll never know what exactly, you'll never know when exactly it's your time to go. Nobody wants to die with their dreams never reaching reality. I've always understood that it's imperative for me to live forever I must create something before I die. Through these experiences, I've realized that the world keeps going, whether you're ready or not. I've also learned that just because a loved one of mine is gone physically, doesn't mean that a piece of them will forever live inside of me and my heart. I have multiple reasons why I could have quit at life and pursuing my personal goals because everything that has happened to me in my life but all you need is one reason to give you purpose. What is your reason to keep going? What is your purpose? My reason to keep moving forward with my life is because I know it's not over yet. I'm here for a reason. My purpose is to inspire the youth and the people of my community. I remember my first time jumping off a cliff it was facing anxiety, head-on experience. It was in San Diego, California, a Sunday. I was still in my training to be a rescue swimmer in the Navy. Just uh, right before we go, go up to the schoolhouse and sit around and do nothing, waiting to start class. And one of the, we had, I just arrived the week before and one of the senior guys that have senior students that had been there for a while was actually in the graduating class. Walked by in the barracks. I'm just getting used to my new bearings, taking everything in. And he walks over. I had my door open and I was talking to one of my roommates. Not one of my roommates, but uh one of my good buddies that I was friend I'm still friends with in the Navy and the guy comes over and he's just like, Yo, you all wanna go jump off some cliffs in Sunset Cliffs and I was like, Yeah, sure, why not? So we hop in this dude's Jetta, go out, pull up to this It's literally the Pacific Ocean it's to the to the right and you're just on you're just on the side of a cliff. And it's people running, jumping and saying like unstable. You you see signs that says like unstable cliffs, like be aware. Uh, And it also says cliff jumping is illegal. And I was like, ah, crazy, right? But it was a lot of people jumping in when we showed up. It was actually uh, some guys from Hawaii because they had Hawaii tattoos, like a like tattoo of the actual state of Hawaii. I think they were Hawaiian. Uh, and I'm sorry if that's offensive. You can correct me if, it's, if I'm supposed to say something else instead of Hawaiian. Uh, and <laughs> what was wild was that I saw them jump off the cliffs, running, doing doing gainers, back flips, front flips. And I was like, oh, they're not hitting the bottom. Like whatever. And you know, at the time I was a I was a bigger guy in the Navy. Uh we did a lot of exercising. And because you know, I was also entering a, a predominantly white space. So in going through something where it is a when you're going through a training pipeline and you know basically uniformity is is the priority you know and everybody working efficiently and effectively so like based on the skin tone of based off the skin tone alone uh you know it's more obvious when a black person does something wrong like cuz you know you you don't have that ability to literally just camouflage and look like three other people in the room. So like it's so it was really all eyes on you just because of the difference alone. And, and you know all these guys that I worked with, like I I don't hate them and it's it's crazy cuz I actually actually missed them because you know we were in we were in a space where you know it was a bunch of people from all around the country that A weren't scared to shoot machine guns and two wasn't scared to jump out of a helicopter into the ocean and made it through, you know, all the train I think the attrition rate might have been like fifty percent. Like at least for our class, it was like fifty percent from like going to boot camp and going all the way through the your first two years in the military, which is just the, the training phase. First year and a half, two years, that's how it was for us. We were on hold a lot here and there. Uh, but I think if, if you go straight, it might be – you could go straight if all the stars were aligned, which is rare. It was rare in our situation, so I don't know how it is now. They're giving out bigger bonuses, so I guess they, they kind of need people. But um, – that's neither here or there it was cool just being in a room of gentlemen guys that you know weren't that scared like to have like the common uh, fearlessness level you know like such a common ground like it was actually cool to really be in that space cuz everybody in their free time did you know i felt necessarily it was it was relative you know uh a lot of us i mean in our free time like hanging out with with them you shoot guns i've gone skydiving we've gone scuba diving surfing you know just cool like Stuff like that, and it was it was cool to really be in that space of just um a type personalities, alpha males I knew i you know going out anywhere you know and you know people that have your six you got you got guys that are really literally take a bullet for you so uh yeah, it's cool, cool to be around. That camaraderie was dope. But the actual job ended up being super shit. So Yeah, it's actually like one of the top five worst jobs in the Navy to have come to find out. You know, like once you get in. It's a it's a saying that they say in the Navy. It's a choose your rate, choose your fate. And being a Naval Air crewman for the United States Navy, uh some people get sweet gigs. I'm I'm not going to lie. Like, you know, is I'll just put it like this. It's not everything on the brochure for everybody. And I definitely was in a dilemma because I I guess I had a choice to choose uh upon graduating, you know, uh what orders to get. It was you know, they they Let you kind of pick. They gave you, if you had the choice, when your class was graduating, based off the needs of the Navy and stuff. If it was a bunch of stuff out there, then they kind of want to see where everybody wants to go, and then you, if the guys pick something that's available, they'll they'll send them that way, kind of deal. And you know, I at first I really wanted to do the Station SAR, but for some reason, you know. I was really, I want. I guess I wanted more of the tactical aspect as well, and neither, like neither one of those options were available. I guess the the other one was though, the the station star aspect was available. I just didn't pick it because I, it was like, do you want to live in San Diego or do you want to live in Fallon, Nevada? Like, pull that up on Google. Ask yourself if you are, how old was I? Like 23, yeah, 23, 24 years old. I mean, I I signed up to go to Cali. I was like, you know, that that was the pitch. You know, when this recruiter walked past me in the gym and he was like, do you want to shoot guns, jump out of helicopters and live in San Diego? And I was like, Bruh, get me there. Sign me up. And it's a bonus. I'm in there. I tell you what, it was cool being around, like, such a good, like, group of in-shape people as well. Um, Because when you come back into the civilian world, you're like, oh, snap. Like, you know, mediocrity is is the norm and in comfort is comfort is also the norm comfort is common people just choose to be comfortable uh, i guess being in the military you know we were put in uncomfortable situations like I, I remember my first two years i think i moved like literally like unpacking bags like out of a room like maybe 13 times in like two years You know it was just you you get used to just packing light not really having that much going down to like your essentials that was a good skill to have for sure we lived in florida and that was a good time uh pensacola florida was was really good good place if you like the ocean you like some good seafood uh you want that, you want the white sands, warm water. Not too crowded, It's gonna be some people here, here and there, uh, but Pensacola, Florida is nice. They got a little national park over there too. Get some, but I'ma sign out you guys, this is way too long, I'ma have to chop this up. See ya, wouldn't wanna be ya. Gotta go, 50 foot show, 100 foot bag, ah, 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 ah. Can't stop, won't stop, gotta get it, By bah, bah, bah,